0: Hello, and welcome to The Neighbor Next Door, a podcast about the power and importance of neighboring. I'm your host, Matthew Johnson, and as usual, I am joined on the front porch by my colleague in neighboring. Adam Barlow Thompson.
1: Hey, good neighbors. We are excited to have you for episode three of our interview with John McKnight. If you uh, are just jumping in right now, we encourage you to go back and start from the beginning a few episodes back. This is a long conversation we had with John McKnight, who is the co founder of Asset Based Community Development, one of the key principles that we use in our work. And there's lots of good content in this episode that will make more sense if you start uh, with the episode a few back. So,
0: That's right. And uh, uh, I do have to say, when we got to this point in the interview, we thought that we were done. And then it just got even more amazing. <laughs> and right. John gave us several more golden insights uh, that I'm really excited for you to hear um, about the community, about culture, um, about awareness, and, and how this work unfolds within a community. It's just great stuff.
2: I'm interested in what kinds of things can be promoted that will create a culture mm-hmm. of community, mm-hmm. and by a culture, I mean, uh, you know, one of my constant cronies, a guy named Peter Block, who uh, <laughs> I've written a book or two with, and,
1: <laughs>
2: and um. We were writing this book called Abundant Community, doing it together.
0: Mm.
2: And uh, one of the things that happened was we were sitting imagining what would a block or a neighborhood be like if it were a place that understood its abundance. Hmm. And uh, so they'd say, well, on that block, there'd be a lot of fruit trees. <laughs> <laughs> on that block, there would be people who sing beautifully. Right? Mm. And, uh, and then I said, and on that block, there would be some kind people. And Peter said, no. He said, on the block we're imagining, it is a block that calls forth kindness. Mm. Not that there are seven really kind people, <laughs> but a culture calls forth kindness. Right. Mm. Mm. So the goal in my mind is how you promote a culture, right, that calls forth connectedness. Mm-hmm. I'm working with a group in, of all places, Menasha, Wisconsin, <laughs> <laughs> intensively over this question. How does a community consciousness develop?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: So that you could knock on the door and say to somebody, Tell me about this neighborhood. And they would say, Well, what we do is this and this and this. That's our way. Mm -hmm. So There's something about the idea of promoting consciousness of our way that builds culture. And so I sort of meet by Zoom with these uh, two women in this little neighborhood, the Menasha. And each month, one of the questions I ask is, what have you done about consciousness of our being on a block that does stuff? Mm. Now they are promoting doing stuff, (laughs) but it is also that they are doing things to make people conscious. Of what they're doing <laughs> yeah and that goes out of having a core group hmm. so they've spent you no know, well, half a year getting a core group hmm. who sort of got this in their mind right and who can begin to talk about us our block our way I always think a core group is probably what you're trying to start with and radiate out. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, yeah. But zealously excluding experts and outsiders. Yes. The, is, uh, the first yeah. thing that will happen with an outsider is... <laughs> Bitch and moaning will begin. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I remember years ago when you know I started out as an organizer, and I, I was organizing in one very small neighborhood on the premise that most of what would make people healthy in this neighborhood would be the result of their understanding, their assets, and how they could be used in ways that would allow them to be healthier. Hmm. So I don't know, we'd gotten together, we were developing this thing for two or three gatherings. And then a good friend of mine is a doctor. Uh, I was telling him about this. He said, boy, I'd like to come to that meeting. I'd like, see what that's like. Hmm. So I said, sure, Quentin. And so I brought him to the next meeting. And it killed the whole thing. Mm. Everything that they had been talking about in terms of health was within their command. Mm. Now, all of a sudden, it changed. And there was somebody who really commanded health. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and the way you know them, it's Dr. in front of their name. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Or MD mm-hmm. at the end of their name. Uh-huh. So oh, uh, hmm. I'm sure that culture building does not come from collaboration. Hmm. It does not come from co-production. It comes from association.
1: <laughs>
2: yes. Yeah. And it needs to be jealously guarded. So, I mean, in this kind of a setting, I think of my job, if I'm an organizer, as having only one, one thing I'm doing at a meeting, is heading off the discussion, which is leading to turning to somebody outside to do it. Mm. That's my job. Man, we're the doers here.
1: You just like dramatically changed how we're about to present a neighborhood plan on Saturday.
0: (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Like
1: the mayor's coming and the (laughs) city council person's coming, and we're like, "Nope, (laughs) sorry, I'm going to zealously kick you out of the meeting now."
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, this is a big public affair. I'm, uh, I'm thinking about the real working. Right, right. Yep. Uh, Now, someplace along the line, when we got clear that we are the producers and we're organized to do that production, will emerge the need for something outside. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the ABCD credo is, in terms of getting anything done, the first question is, can we do it with what we have? This is the planning process, the ABCD official certified planning process. <laughs> yes, I'm not kidding. <laughs> and we do it with what we have. Well, we'd have to know what we have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe half of anything we want to do, we can do that way. Now, we're going to also find that some, some uh, things we want to do going to need support from the outside right. so that's the second stage we don't start there we get there after we've done the first stage right mm-hmm. or let's, let's put it this way we want to do a hundred things in the neighborhood we ask what can we do with what we have and we find out that there are 50 things we can do with what we have but there are 50 things left over well The second question is, what can we do with what we have if we have some additional resources from the outside? Mm -hmm. And the third question is, what is it that we can't do with what we have, and we can't do with support for, for what we have? 10% 10% of the things we want to do are like that. And now we know what we need from the outside. But going back to my garden, you don't know what you need until you know a yet. And almost all institutionally stimulated activity starts with what do I have <laughs> in the institution, right, mm. that you need? Yeah. We're meeting needs, right? <laughs> anywhere, right? <laughs> if we don't meet needs, we don't get paid next Tuesday. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right.
2: So how do you build a collective sense of efficacy? hmm And what are the joyful, liturgical, in a broad sense, ways of surrounding what we're doing in that way? Mm. Uh, Like in this little neighborhood of Manasha, the consciousness that is being raised is here we raise our children. Tell me about this block. Well, we raise our children here. Mm. You send in the school? No, we raise our children. Wow. <laughs> we know more than the school. Look at this list. Every one of us has it now. Mm. There are 120 things on this list we know on this block. See it right there. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> mm. Okay, that's really great. No. I, you know, it's okay. Uh,
2: uh, I mean, I'm a, not, not against having a big meeting with a, a mayor and everybody celebration, and you put them on spot. <laughs> That's
1: exactly right. But you see, I mean, but it definitely changes it how we how we talk at that meeting with the mayor. There, I think is is going to be different than maybe before this call, and I'm really <laughs> grateful for that. So, yeah.
2: see if you if you want. And you said, you put them on the spot to me and say, What can you do for us? Right. It's the wrong question. That's exactly. question two. <laughs> yes, yes.
0: One is,
2: What can we do for us? And question two is, Mayor, we have got a dog park going here, but we need somebody to clean up the poop. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, yeah. And you got waste collectors. Mm-hmm. We don't know what to do with all our poop. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so what
2: are you gonna do to help us get rid of our poop? <laughs> right. that's what I'd have to I'm. Uh... Scotch irishman my ancestors came from scotland and ireland Hmm. and uh i've fairly often gone over to europe to work with groups on abcd (laughs) but i always come back via scotland and ireland (laughs) (laughs) my homeland (laughs) yes and uh I always liked the west of Ireland, the little villages there, Mm -hmm. you you can see what a real community is like Mm -hmm. until the television came, Mm but at any rate, Mm -hmm. we rented a little little thatched house (laughs) in a little Mm -hmm. village with, I suppose, 20 houses, Mm -hmm. a big church, and a little grocery store. And outside of this village was a lake. And I'm a a fisherman. I always carry with me wherever I go, (laughs) a collapsible rod and a reel. (laughs) And so I thought, boy, this is great. I can fish. So I walked down the street to the little grocery store. And this grocery store, uh, there's a little path that led into it and and the door was open. I walk in and there's an old white-haired Irishman in there. (laughs) And uh, I say to him, I said, sir, I wonder, do you sell bait? And he looked at me sort of curiously, thought about it for a while. And he said, uh, Well, what do you mean, bait? And I said, well, like worms. Do you have worms? And he looked at me, and he slowly broke into a smile. And he says, Sonny, he says, look out there. He pointed out the door. (laughs) He says, you see there on each side of the of the path to the store? You, you see those great big rocks that I've painted with whitewash? The tree on each side. I think if you go out there and turn those upside down, you'll get all the worms you need.
0: Mm.
2: <laughs> now... Every neighborhood is full of worms. <laughs> <laughs> but we, what are the factors that lead us not to see it? Mm. And it is individualism, isolation, television, computers. Mm-hmm. And you have all those four factors impinging culturally on everybody. Mm. And on that kind of a block, it's a stony place. Nobody can see what's there. Mm. So... The work ahead is turn those rocks over.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Most of what you need <laughs> is right there on the block. <laughs> yes. That's, it.
0: Oh, That's,
2: my. It. That's <laughs> it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode with John McKnight. This podcast is a production of The Neighboring Movement. Uh, You can learn more about our work by visiting our website, www.neighboringmovement.org. And we would love to hear from you. If you have thoughts about this podcast or any of our other episodes, feel free to email me, matt at neighboringmovement.org. The music that you hear in the background is provided by Brutal Bear and All of the fantastic editing work done on this podcast is done by Christopher Swanson. I think that's it for this time. So until next time, happy neighboring. Happy neighboring.